0: I said to her can I borrow your glasses (laughs) she said do you think you can see out of them (laughs) I said well let's try and I'll have to admit sometimes it comes in a little distorted and a little but this is ridiculous about one flesh I never bargained for the same glasses 58 years ago when we got married. (laughs) But she's been gracious. Loan me her glasses. Would you listen? Our text features a question posed by John to Jesus conveyed by two of his disciples. Are you the one who is to come? Or are we to wait for another? Jesus never answers John's question directly. However, Jesus' answer drives us to the heart Of his ministry. He tells John's two messengers Go and tell John what you see and hear. The blind see, the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear. The dead are raised, and poor people have good news. Preach to them. And bless it. Bless it is anyone who takes no offense at me. Both the question and the answer seem odd. John and Jesus' lives are intertwined from the beginning. I mean from the beginning. Luke tells us that the births are set within the majestic story of God's historical dealings with Israel. God is bringing together his promises to Abraham through the births of these two boards, born within months of each other by kinswomen. Elizabeth and Mary we realize that God's program that is the story of God's saving purpose is to be realized in these two children when Mary visits Elizabeth John leaps in the womb and Elizabeth is filled with the holy spirit And she exclaims, why has this happened to me that the mother of my Lord comes to me? By revelation, John is depicted as the prophet of the Most High. And Jesus is described as a son of the Most High. And Zechariah's hymn the Benedictus extols and connects them both. And Jesus, the Lord God of Israel, has raised up a mighty savior for us in the house of his servant David. And then John that says, "'You will go before the Lord to prepare His ways, "'to give knowledge of salvation to His people.'" The boys' early lives run parallel, even though John is a step ahead of Jesus in time. Well, fast forward to the occurrence of John's proclamation. Set in the context of powerful rulers and religious leaders, the word of the Lord came to John in the wilderness. So John, begins his ministry of prophetic preaching the crowds come as John fulfills the words of the prophet Isaiah he prepares the way of the lord paths are straightened valleys are filled hills are lowered crooked ways are made straight, so that all flesh shall see the salvation of God." Is he not preparing the royal highway, the El Camino Real, for the Messiah, for Jesus? And so he preaches. Luke calls John's message good news to the people. His communication is demanding. John calls for repentance and fruit bearing. That demonstrates a total change in the direction of people's lives. He tells the crowds, if you have two coats, give one to someone who has none. To the tax collectors he exhorts, don't take more than what is prescribed. To the soldiers he demands no extortion, threats or false accusations, in essence he says quit padding your pay with other people's staples. When people wonder if John's the Messiah, he replies, I baptize you with water. but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I'm not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He'll winnow the wheat from the chaff. The chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. That's Luke's final statement. His last utterance about John. Until we come to the question that he sends by his intermediaries. Why? Because in verses 18 through 20 of chapter 3, John is arrested by Herod Antipas and is shut up in prison. He lands in jail for criticizing the president's moral behavior, for speaking truth to power. He confronts an evil political ruler, and it costs him not only his freedom, but shortly it will cost him his life. But John hopes for the redemption of Israel. His preaching prepares the way for the Son of the Most High. Which now brings me to my point. We have no evidence that John healed the sick, engaged in works of mercy, or shared hospitality with tax collectors and sinners. Never did he enter a synagogue and heal in the face of hostile, blithering criticism. Never did he cause the blind to see, the dumb to speak, the deaf to hear, Never did he cast out demons, cleanse the lepers, make the paralyzed whole. Never. All of this was soil never plowed by his preaching ministry. He knows the work of prophets, like Elijah and Elisha. And that the age of salvation would be a time of divine healing. He knows that the prophets affirm that God is the great and only healer, guardian of the poor. Isaiah says it well, and at least two of the oracles of Israel, and let me see if I can turn the page, listen to this, on that day, the deaf shall hear the words of a scroll, and out of their gloom and darkness the eyes of the blind shall see. The meek shall obtain fresh joy in the Lord, and the neediest people shall exult in the Holy One of Israel. Isaiah 29. In describing the return of the redeemed Zion, Isaiah says later, Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened. The ears of the deaf stopped, and the lame shall leap like a deer. The tongue of fire of the speechless will sing for joy. Isaiah 35. These are great texts of hope. Of God's future for His people. But these are not, hear me now, Jewish texts of the Messiah, the Christ. No messianic text, to my knowledge, affirm that the Christ would be a healer, a performer of miracles. No Jewish sources for the Messiah cite Isaiah 61 like Luke does. Luke's programmatic text for Jesus' ministry that Jason preached on two Sundays ago is a marvelous text. After all, let's face it, John and Jesus never sat down, spelled out their united campaign. I'll do this and you do that. John has many followers, but Jesus' behavior is novel. Oh, there are plenty of passages that underscore that the Messiah will be a ruler like David. That he will establish a just and righteous kingdom. But Jesus follows a path not just less traveled, but one that is utterly new, even though his journey has its roots in Israel's past, we're talking about connecting the dots. So in essence, Jesus tells John's messengers, don't hold back. Tell John about what you've seen and heard. Tell John about the unclean spirit I exercised. Tell him how I stood over Simon's mother-in-law and rebuked her fever and how she immediately got up and served me. Tell John that I cleansed a leper, a man covered with leprosy from head to toe. Tell him how I forgave paralytic sins and healed him. Tell John that when I did this, (coughs) critics from all over Galilee and Judea who were present accused me of blasphemy. Tell John that on another occasion I entered the synagogue and in confrontation with Israelite theologians and Pharisees who watched, their eyes ablaze in anticipated judgment, waited for me to heal a man with a withered hand on the Sabbath. Tell John that they were so filled with fury that they discussed among themselves what they could do to me. Tell John how I offered to enter a Gentile centurion's home that is an offer to extend love to one of Israel's enemies, a Roman military officer to heal his valued servant. Tell him, that I found the faith of this Gentile so great that I only spoke the word at a distance and his servant was healed. Tell John that moment before his messengers came to me, I raised a widow's son from the dead. Tell John what he knows to be true that such a woman without a husband, without sons, epitomizes the poor the very people from whom I came to bring good news. Remind John about what he himself proclaimed about about me. As I winnow the chaff and the wheat, I don't want to lose one life that needs release from any sort of oppression. I've come to bring liberty, freedom, and to release to all who are oppressed. Don't hold back, tell John what you've seen, what you've heard. This brings me to my final point. Tell John, blessed is anyone Blessed to be congratulated, joyous when they don't take offense at me. Let us tell John that people are blessed when they don't try to set a trap. Erect an obstacle. Try to lead to ruin. To seduce to sin. At what I do. And teach. Tell John. and all who will hold me in esteem through time. Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. That's my answer. And it's enough. Don't you think?
1: I want to invite you to be standing as we think about these words of Jesus, who he is and what he's come to do. I want to invite you into a time of prayer. We find ourselves asking Jesus questions Are you who you said you were? And so we want to be able to encourage one another lift one another up in this time of prayer, reminding each other exactly who Jesus is, that he is who he says he is. So we'll have shepherds down front. Uh, You can get together as family, friends, life groups, uh, and spend time lifting one another up and encouraging one another in prayer this time. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the many blessings that you give us. God, we pray that you will uh, remind us of who you are and what you have come to do. God, thank you for seeing us. Thank you for the good news that you give us. Encourage us, strengthen us. Give us boldness to go and tell and give us encouragement to listen to who you are. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.